You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A'uz billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. In the name of Allah the Almighty, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to the Drive Time Show here at Voice of Islam. As always, we're here with you from 4 to 6 o'clock. You're joined by myself, Rahil Ahmed, and my brother, Fahim Nasir. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I said, Salaam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Jazakallah. So, I mean, the topics um, of uh, the two topics that we're discussing today, of course, very important topics. It's not a topic that we haven't discussed before, but um, topic of alcohol, uh, which is not a remedy, but a disease. Okay. Yeah. Very relevant at the moment as well. Absolutely. And in the second hour, we will be discussing lying. And how that is is one of you know many ills in the modern society, um, you know, which we just kind of look over, you know, and you know think that it's not it doesn't really do much damage, does it? Yeah. Uh, but we will look into the Islamic uh, aspect as well as speak to various uh, experts, guests, to get their opinion. But the most important thing is you, is you guys who are listening in, um, to come online, it's your program, and to give your opinion and 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 your take on these. Um, on these shows that we prepare for you. So Fahim, what, what is it? Why is alcohol, I mean, let's say, prohibited in Islam? And what's our view about alcohol? Just, just, just to start the program off. Um, personally, I think that um, it's always, for me, I think that uh, one of the things that kind of mm-hmm. really articulated for me is, that, is the impact it has on mm-hmm. your ability to control yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that how many times do you hear of people who make very disastrous mistakes mm. having been under the influence of yep. alcohol? The amount of times that I hear stories at work of, of other people where mm. they're saying that, you know, oh, I was so drunk last night and I did X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. usually it's impacted, it could impact their marriage, it could impact their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think that that is that lack of control you have um, from it, from too much cons- uh, cons- uh, consuming it too much mm-hmm. um, is, is the biggest impact in my opinion. Of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, a common uh, feature nowadays, you know, both social and professional in- in- interactions in, in, in many countries. And and you know wine, you, as as we know, is served at, you know at professional dinners, social events, and you know often center you know around alcohol consumption. And of course, alcohol use in general is considered to be sort of normal, uh, mm. you know, in the natural part of life. Been normalized, especially yeah, in this country. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, I mean, sports events to whatever name it, you know, the type of advertisement that we see are basically you know promoting uh, alcohol. Whereas in, in in Islam, it's known as the umul khabaith, uh, and umul khabaith means the mother of all evils. Right, um, and 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 we'll just discuss that, of course. Um, I mean, we are saying that. I mean, the the use of alcohol is rampant in today's world, and 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 you know, people across the globe drink for various reasons, 
you know, as I was mentioning, social activity, cultural, religious reasons as well. Um, and there's one other factor as well, which is peer pressure, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that Muslims, especially working in these environments, find very difficult is uh, is peer pressure because they 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 think that the people they would not fit in otherwise, or or the or the or the you know because and I, I think the 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 good sides of it as well. Because look, looking into sports, especially the England team, where you have Muslim players, and especially when they're celebrating, they they respect that. And I, I think I I came across this story re- recently that one of the cricketers, um, um, it's, it's not to do with alcohol, but it just puts put the point forward mm. um, that uh, he 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 organised a barbecue. I don't know what, what, the, what the player is. So that so these these Muslim players that that are currently playing. Um, in 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 the England team thought uh, it's a bit you know how we're gonna go how, how's it gonna happen because of course it's gonna be pork and alcohol and all all all, all, all of these things there, so um, they decided that we we'll just go for for a few minutes just say hi this and that and then we'll leave and go for munch somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> but the but but they get a call um, you know just before the actual um, dinner saying that the don't worry about it. We're only doing halal option, <laughs> and, oh, nice. and there's no alcohol in the menu. Oh. So this this goes to show, uh, you know, uh, that there are also positives, you know, that we see in our society. Oftentimes, you know, on radios or news and all these things, we hear we often hear negative mm. uh, stuff, um, and of course, there's both negative and positive. And I think uh, we need to more delve more on the positive especially in this day and age what we're you know what the world is going through and what's, what's actually happening definitely i think you, you triggered um a memory of uh the muslim cricketer i can't remember the spin bowler who uh stepped out when they sprayed the champagne right i think that um that happened oh, i can't remember exactly when but yeah like just being more accommodating of it i think that there there is a lot of um, you know, appreciation for for people's beliefs and you know making sure that they're not like drenched in alcohol. But you know th- the reason why this is such a uh, relevant topic at the moment is because uh, it's October. Um, I can't believe where this year has gone, but uh, yeah, it's October. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, in October there's there's a campaign called Sober It October. Um, and it's it's a well thought out campaign that you know challenges social drinkers to change their mm-hmm. drinking habits for a month, mm-hmm. and and make some healthy lifestyle changes along with raising some funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- it was actually um, is is for raising funds for people living with cancer. So mm-hmm. back, uh, October <coughs> began in 2014 as a fundraising campaign for Macmillan Cancer Support a UK-based charity that provides support to people living with cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since its launch, Sober October has actually raised over £33 million pounds, um, mm. for cancer support, which is really impressive. And mm. the money goes to into providing personal support from the moment of diagnosis, uh, providing information and resources, and helping those with financial worries. Mm-hmm. Um and and on the flip side, in in October, mm-hmm. there's there's Oktoberfest, right? Which is a completely opposite thing to to so- sober October, and um, it's held in Munich every year. And it, for those who don't know, it's it's held in Munich every year and attended by nearly six million people, um, and it's a two week festival packed with food and activities. 
the main highlight of this festival though is um drinking gallons of beer um and it's estimated approximately six to seven million liters of beer are consumed annually so you can see the massive like stark difference in october of the the relevance of alcohol so that's why it was important that we spoke about it today absolutely no doubt um so i mean you know and you know you were mentioning alcohol and and cancer and 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 this you know the stagger the staggering link that there is you know and in the research out there um you know uh, you know puts a point forward as as to why you know sort of islam prohibits alcohol um and not just islam i think it's also prohibited in christianity as well although many people don't follow it as yeah. you know as much but you know there's a clear and sort of irrefutable you know um and dose dependent relationship between alcohol and 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 cancer and alcohol is uh, you know in any amount can contribute to cancer development and studies basically have shown um that it is up to people to rationally assess that the evidence and develop and you know an informed you know uh, you know opinion of course mm-hmm. now individuals have the freedom of choice to accept or reject the evidence and and face associated consequences um and it's and appa- and it appears that the well informed youth of today have heeded this you know emerging evidence as abstinence from mm-hmm. alcohol has increased among the youth and it's interesting a large study showed that you know rates of abstinence among young people increased from 18% in 2005 to 2000 to 29% in 2015 and this was largely you know attributed to increases in lifetime lifetime uh, uh abstent uh, abstention so um actually a, a really quick point i think that the 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 newer generation has access to a lot more information mm, you're right and a lot more easily accessible information so it's it's great to see that positive impact that they're making better choices for themselves because of their the access to information that they have right mm-hmm. or could it be that they have uh, could someone say i'm just asking uh, that they have access to other forms of um substances uh yeah. this I, I, i don't know i mean uh, someone can maybe someone can call us and tell us yeah um about that but so 0208687778 is the number uh for you to call us on and give us your insight and your opinion on this topic that we're discussing today so with this i should be going to our first guest on the line we have uh, uh beth burgess uh who is burgess i should say um um who's a, who's a psychotherapist uh, recovery coach uh Uh, with a short introduction assalamu alaikum be a peace and blessings of god be upon you and welcome to the drive time show thank you very much for having me on thank you so much for joining us um we're talking about alcohol of course um what factors uh you know if we're discussing this topic lead to addiction uh, and and is there a probability that someone who sort of you know casually drinks can become an alcoholic yeah so addiction is kind of a multifaceted thing where there's a biological input there's a social input and there's a psychological one so the the formula for addiction tends to be mm-hmm. there's a genetic predisposition mm-hmm. and there's a history of trauma of some sort and obviously there's got to be access to alcohol um so that's that's basically what causes it this is all the evidence points towards this mm-hmm. um and the problem is i mean we all start out everyone that starts out drinking at all starts out as a casual drinker um no one starts out as an alcoholic it's mm-hmm. a progressive um disorder oh. so you might start out not you know not knowing for example your family history 
you might have had trauma that you've normalized because you've grown up with it and you don't you know you don't see it as, as trauma because you're looking at it from an adult perspective um, mm-hmm. but actually the things that occur in childhood are, are traumatic to the child so you, a lot of the time you can you can start out as a casual drinker and not know that it's going to progress any further mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, there are signs. There are signs that can give you an early warning, mm-hmm. such as if you're one of these people that, you know, tends to start drinking alone, um, or if you find that you're the person that always engineers the social situations around drinking, <coughs> or you find it hard to, you know, sort of stop once you've started. Uh, if you've discovered the hair of the dog and found that's a magical solution for you that you tend to use, again, the, these are all signs that um, you might go on to develop a problem. But this is the issue. Like, once, if you start, you, you can't be sure. Mm-hmm. You can't be sure, you know, where that's going to lead to. Very interesting. Interesting. Mm. And so, you know, w- with the seeking help for addiction, it, would you say that there's a guilt or shame that people feel? And th- do you think that that impacts or hinders the, the journey to recovery? Definitely. Even though nowadays there are a lot of um, efforts within the recovery community to make it less of a, a stigmatized disorder, but there is still this image that goes around that, you know, um, people with addictions are weak-willed or, you know, they're, they're immoral in some way, um, which obviously isn't the case. If you've, if you've mm-hmm. had trauma and you've got a genetic predisposition, you, that's not something you can help. Mm. Um, you're not really responsible for the fact that you develop an addiction. What you are responsible for is your recovery. But it, it does it does contribute to it because <coughs> people will worry what <coughs> others will think. They might mm. worry what other people in their community will think. Um, it's also very difficult for certain sectors of people to access help. So women in particular, mm. mothers. Um, there's good evidence that people that work in helping fields, doctors, counsellors, they all, you know, they've got a certain standing and that kind of, the fact that it's all secretive and, you know, mm-hmm. people meet up in, in secrecy and anonymity, you know, it all adds to it. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a concern about, there's rightly a concern about mm-hmm. worrying about being judged and what others will think and it does impede um, access to to treatment, unfortunately. Right, and so the journey to sobriety can be a difficult one and how mm. like what is a uh, motivation that they could have or like how can someone s- stay motivated not to give up okay so the human being is motivated to move away from pain and move towards pleasure so it's it's there's two factors to that so if someone is, has started the journey of recovery and is maybe wobbling about and thinking, oh, like maybe I'll have another drink, I always suggest a technique which is called playing the tape forward. So remembering how painful it was, remembering why you stopped, and remembering the consequences that happened, like last time you had a drink, remembering, you know, playing it full and, full, fully through and feeling the feelings and going, actually, do I want to go back to that? shameful place or not um, and equally moving towards pleasure so creating a good sober life for yourself um, is a huge part of it and I think that's one that's not focused on enough sobriety can be hugely rewarding and an amazing place to be 
Um, so do create a life that where you don't you don't feel like you want to drink because it's you know you, you've got good stuff going on. Equally, there are things that can help help motivate you, such as validating your successes. So if you've you know you've managed to stay sober for an hour a day. Uh, you know, just be kind to yourself with, with your self-talk. Like, you know, this is hard, well done, that sort of thing. Um, and you can also get outside help. So a lot of people join fellowships or might go to a recovery coach to um, remain accountable and get someone to cheerlead them a bit. Um, and the the one thing I think that people struggle with remembering is that bad times, cravings will always pass. So if you're having a craving, for example, do something, go for a walk, change your, your environment, call a friend. If you wait for an hour that, you know, or, or two hours or whatever it is and do something else, the probability is that that craving will pass and you don't have to act on it. Mm, very true. Um, another question that we had is, you know, what is the relapse rate? I mean, after sort of going through the successful uh, you know, re- rehabilitation, how can, you know, relapse be prevented? I don't have good news for you here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, mm-hmm. according, the, the statistics, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, mm. 70% of people will relapse. Mm. Now, I think that's a low ball estimate. I think it's oh. much higher because as we were just talked about the the shame and and guilt around it i'm sure many people don't admit to it um and we're also not differentiating there between having a slip which might be you just return to drinking for you know a day uh a lapse where it might continue for a week or a relapse where you completely (coughs) just go back to your your old levels of drinking you know your old lifestyle um the the better news is that the likelihood of relapse lessens the longer you stay sober. Um, so after one year, you've got a certain likelihood of, of relapsing. After, you, after you've done five years, the likelihood is actually much lower. So mm. the longer you can stay sober, the better it is. Um, and relapse prevention, interestingly, um, the leading cause of relapse for people who've just left rehab is boredom which seems bizarre because if you've you know if you've got to such a terrible place with your addiction that you you actually you know you've had to give up and then you think well boredom's a big trigger for someone i think it's it's more than that i think it's actually like a sort of inner sense of of loneliness perhaps that does it boredom and, and loneliness often get confused um so dealing with that and connecting to others can be a really, really important part of mm-hmm. of preventing relapse. Mm-hmm. So this is why fellowships can be useful. And going further than that, I would say, you know, being able to connect to yourself. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, I would always advise people who have addictions to address the root cause of their pain. Mm-hmm. That's always going to, to, to help prevent against relapse because alcoholism is really a symptom. It's a symptom of Mm-hmm. You know, not being able to deal with your trauma, not being able to deal with with the pain that you have, because mm-hmm. you people turn to alcohol because it's an easy fix. Yeah. Whereas if you do long term work, mm-hmm. then you're you're much less likely to do that. Mm-hmm. And in the short term, um, just being aware of your triggers. So a lot of fellowships, for example, advise against 
mm-hmm. um, you know, being with people or in places or yeah. uh, objects that remind them of their addiction because it, it sort of is conditioned into you to, yeah. to I, use in those I sort of have a different question as that is coming to my mind. I, I did want to ask you. I mean, mm. I mean from the religious perspective, um yeah. we you know we as muslims and of course in christianity as well certain people you know adhere to it very strictly but here you know mm. i mean as muslims we don't drink we take it very seriously um yeah. you know there's a there's a there's a clear prohibition and and although some people might not understand because they ha- they, they they haven't really you know uh, taken the drink before they don't really understand what actually pe- people actually go through so do you think you know you're mm. speaking of prevention side of things how do you take these these religious teachings in you know in this perspective i mean the amount of spending that goes in rehabilitation to you know bringing these people back and then you have a relapse again and the percentages as you're saying it's not it's not good news don't mm. you think that it's better to not get into it because you don't know when you're going to be addicted i mean when do you ever have control personally mm-hmm. i do you know that i've heard from a lot of people that say if people had known what a danger alcohol could be, mm. it probably would never have been re- legalized. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But because it it does, even like if you if you look at the sort of social impact of it, even for people that aren't alcoholics, mm. you know, but but do drink. I mean, the impact on people's health um, is huge. It's one of the the leading causes of of things like different cancers, throat cancers, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the social problems it causes. I mean, and and you don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm not one of these people. I I can't mm-hmm. you know tell tell people what to do. It's it's you know it's not it's not my place to say. But mm-hmm. I would say being very wary of it mm. um, is is a thing. And also. There are so many benefits to mm-hmm. being abstinent. True. There are so many. Yeah. yeah I think it's actually much braver yeah. to live in your your life True. as a sober person True. than it is to rely on alcohol. Even people that don't have addictions rely on alcohol too much. Mm-hmm. You know, to deal with short-term stress or because mm-hmm. they feel afraid of socializing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you can learn to be comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. and have, you know, faith that everything's going to be all right mm-hmm. you know you'll be able to deal with life mm-hmm. it's fine without alcohol i think that's a huge strength absolutely so, uh, you know. yes a lot of the people i mean they get started um not knowing uh you know whereas whether it is you know the society they're in uh, i would say probably due to ignorance they don't know what you know what imp- what impact it would have they see them they you know people around them doing certain things and that that's a lot of the things that we do as you know we pick, we pick, pick up these things at as kids or then we, you know as teenagers and and you know sort of sort of sort of going forward but uh, you know that particular verse that in 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 the, in the quran that actually you know tells us not to uh consume al- alcohol and of course prohibit us prohibits us from you know gambling etc as well it th- there's one part that's very interesting to me and it goes in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men but their sin is greater than their advantage or their they um the benefit the disadvantage or, the, or is is a lot greater than its benefit now we know alcohol is also yeah. used for uh, some useful stuff it's used in medicine you know uh, to you know mm-hmm. and various other uh aspects so so th- in anything there has there is some sort of benefit i mean one benefit would be that when someone's going through some trauma or something and it is sort of he kind of forgets it for for a certain amount of time but that's mm. that's a very temporary fix it's never coming yeah. coming back and 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 i'm just sharing this with uh, with you and, and and it's sort of very interesting uh, from 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 my perspective is it says that don't don't even go near prayer 
uh, once you're in the in 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 a state of in intoxication because you don't know what you're doing. What would be the purpose of of yeah. of that prayer? You're not in your zone, or you're not in your, uh, you know, in your you know, in your thoughts. And I think this is a thing that 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 we also have. Um, you know, if someone is an alcoholic, how would his relationship be with his wife or with his children or with with a wider mm-hmm. society? So, so I mean, um, of course, we can't tell as as you were saying earlier, people what to do. But I think it's also to raise our voice and educate people on the disadvantages and 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 the ills of alcohol. And that's that that's the purpose of uh, you know doing today's program. But lastly, I do want I do want to ask you, what would your you know last message be? Uh, to someone that that is going through this process of rehabilitation, or someone who has gone through th- this process, and now it's in a, it's, it's, he's, in, he's he's at a stage, or she's at a stage where there's a relapse. What would you say to them? I would say, be proud of yourself for what you've achieved, mm-hmm. because addiction is the hardest thing. It's, I mean, I'm I'm in recovery True. from alcoholism myself. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing you will ever do. If you've done any amount of recovery at all, mm-hmm. then you've succeeded in some way. Mm-hmm. And if you if you have relapsed, it's not the end of the road. It hasn't undone all the good work you've mm-hmm. done to, you know, to to build up some sober time. True. All you have to do is. Try and try and not guilt yourself. Try and not shame yourself. Mm. N- look at what happened. Learn from the lessons and just recommit to it. That's mm-hmm. really what you have to do. Recommit to it. If you, if you're struggling, get some extra help. Look at what you're missing. That mm-hmm. where you have to you have to have more help. Whether it's you know that you do need um, to connect more with people. Whether it's you need professional help. Whatever it is, do it because mm-hmm. you're worth it. You're worth it. You didn't, you didn't ask to have this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got it and just do what you can to, to sort it out because it is worth it and so are you. Perfect. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your insight into this you know, very important topic and I hope it really helps people, um, encourages them to take these steps and, and, and of course help themselves and help you know their loved ones. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're most welcome. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Time's flying. We've we've already done half an hour of the program, and we've we've got a lot to discuss, yep. um, isn't it? We've we 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 have to discuss the, um, you know, Islamic, uh, you know, process, um, you know, Islamic understanding, and 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 of course the philosophy behind why why is you know alcohol prohibited. So, you know, briefly speaking, um, you know, what is the philosophy of 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 sort of you know choice and and free will in Islam and 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 a sort of you know uh, uh, bring uh, you know starts there and we find that you know Allah the Almighty you know uh, there's a verse in a particular verse in the Holy Quran which says and by the soul and its perfe- and its perfection and He revealed to it what is wrong for it for alhamaha fujura wa taqwa that's that that's the verse and what is right for it so in our nature and our innate mm-hmm. nature and you know and I know when we're doing something wrong there is a voice in and ourselves telling us there's this guilt that's there yeah. telling us that this is not right yep. right and he indeed truly prospers who purifies it and he who corrupts it it is ru- it, 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 uh, it is ruined uh, talk, talking about the soul of course hmm. so Islam teaches us that you know God has basically embedded uh, in, in, in human nature the, the capacity to distinguish between right and wrong and 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 by virtue of these uh, faculties of, of of reasoning and you know sort of un- understanding, um, humans are you know empowered to to exercise free will, yeah. right? Uh, and and basically accept the consequences of their decisions. 
Um, you know, the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam, for those who don't know, who is the founder of the Hamdi Muslim community, basically stated uh, at, uh, at, at, at a place, he said, all the inevitable consequences of our actions that have been appointed by God Almighty under the law of nature are all God's actions, inasmuch as He is the cause of causes. For instance, if a person swallows poison, his action would be followed by the divine action that he will suffer death. Right, so the the Holy Quran further sort of explains this concept by stating in the following you know passages that Allah burdens not any soul beyond his capacity. Yeah. Something that you know we very much know, and I think that goes in line with uh, with what 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 our previous guest was saying that that they ha- that these people that are even going through this relapse process they have the capacity to come come out of it because they did have the capacity before, mm. right? When they went through the uh, rehabilitation process, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, coming to now the the alcohol and Islam. Um, one one of the verses that I, I was men- mentioning to her from chapter two, verse two hundred and twenty. So so astonishing how s- you know my minutest of details is, is you know is mentioned. Yeah. It says they asked thee concerning wine and game of hazard, basically gambling. Say in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men, but their sin is greater than their advantage, and 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 we can understand that. it's not it's not totally saying there's no benefit whatsoever mm. in in gambling or. Someone who wins a lot lottery, what happens? His life's changed, yeah. right? But for all those people that are going, uh, are, are spending their money um, gambling, how much more of a loss it is in terms of society than a gain? Only one person gains, yeah. right? And there's there's numerous people that some of them become homeless. They they, they lose their homes, oh, their wives, yeah. their children. So you so you got to understand um, the greater significance of, of 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 these teachings. But we're gonna we we are going to continue with this, and it is a very you know, in, in, interesting topic. Of course, yeah. uh, but we do have on the line with us uh, Kate B, who is the founder of the Sober School CBT practitioner, certified life coach. Uh, with this short introduction, Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking your time out and uh, joining us today. So, um, firstly, uh, could you maybe tell us about the Sober School? What was the you know the idea behind it? Yeah, um, I set up the Sober School after I actually stopped drinking myself and I really struggled to find help and support that resonated with me when I was struggling with my own drinking. And what I found at the time was that that there just wasn't much help available if you were drinking in the way that I was. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, you know, by all accounts, a very quote-unquote normal drinker I think if you saw me in a bar you wouldn't have thought that there was anything mm-hmm. wrong with me so mm-hmm. to speak as drinking away, <laughs> I used to drink in a way that many other people did mm-hmm. but it was making me very unhappy and I was starting to drink a lot more at home behind closed doors but I just couldn't find anything mm-hmm. out there that it was almost as if you had to get really bad before your doctor would say, okay, um, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I finally stopped drinking, and, you know, I, I've been sober for nine and a half years now, I thought, okay, Congratulations, I'm well yeah, done. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we must, you know... Thank you. We must appreciate it, because it's not, it's not easy, to be very honest. Any, any, any sort of, uh, you know, process of going through something, and, you know, you've been doing it for a certain amount of time, it sort of becomes part of your life. Yeah. And to let go of that, it 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 takes great sacrifice. Uh, well, that's what it felt like at the beginning, um, but now I really see it as a, a sort of lifestyle upgrade, mm-hmm. and 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 that's one of the reasons why I I set up the sober school was because I wanted to share with the people that 
you can stop drinking and have a really happy, fulfilling, normal life. It's yeah. not the end of the world, which is what I thought it would be. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it, it can all work out okay. Awesome. And so, could you could you tell us more because uh, the coaching program for women who want to quit drinking? Could you tell us more about how this program works? Yeah, sure. So it's for um, it's for women. Um, who are just unhappy with the way that they're drinking. They're often drinking in secret at home. Um, they're still functioning, still going to work, looking after their children, mm-hmm. but they are waking up every day with some kind of hangover and feeling really ashamed and miserable about it. So what I do is I run this course at set periods during the year and I gather together a group of women and I say, okay, we're going to start the course on this day and you know, come with me and I'll show you how to take a six-week break from drinking. And whilst you're taking that break, we're going to do lots of work on your mindset. We're going to look at all the things you think you get from alcohol. Like, what do you think the benefits are? And then we'll look at some other ways of meeting those same needs. So for a lot of people, they're drinking because they're stressed out, which makes sense. We've got busy lives. So we really have to work on finding some other ways to just manage those feelings. So that's what the mm-hmm. course is all about, really. It's mm-hmm. about figuring out how to live your regular life without alcohol. Yes, very, uh, very interesting. I mean, everyone's you know journey to sobriety is is different, and uh, what what are you know some of the common difficulties that people struggle with when when actually trying to uh, quit the habit? Oh, it's so many different things. Um, For a lot of people, there's some peer pressure, Mm -hmm. which I think uh, some people would be embarrassed to admit to as grown-ups, but it's it's true, it's there. If you have a a social circle of friends who all drink, you might feel a bit uncomfortable about stopping that. Um, For a lot of people, if this is a hidden secret problem at home, it can almost feel as if no one is holding them accountable. Like they're hiding this problem. So it's easy to just kind of carry on and you know, you're almost hiding from yourself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, there's, there are many different levels to it. And I think you know, the theme of, of shame and being embarrassed and thinking there's something wrong with you, that's, yeah, that's, that's just catastrophic for many people. Because the more you think that there's something wrong with you, the harder it is to stop drinking. Whereas actually, I want most people to know, you know what, if you struggle with alcohol, that's actually quite normal. Just look at the world we live in, mm-hmm. where alcohol's romanticized and glamorized yeah. and very readily available. Definitely. And so uh, on the flip side, like, what are some of the benefits people experience when they quit the habit? Oh, there's so many benefits. Um, people have more energy they lose weight There's a, there are a huge amount of calories in a bottle of wine about sort of 650 something calories in a, in a bottle of wine so even if you're not drinking a whole bottle each night it, that's really going to add up over time you will sleep better because alcohol is terrible for disrupting your sleep 
And you know, that alone, being able to sleep better, is probably going to help you manage your day, the following day, so much better. Manage your stress levels, be a bit more nimble and resilient in life. Um, alcohol also creates a lot of anxiety for people. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone listening to this who struggles with anxiety, mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend stopping drinking just to see if that makes a difference for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I, I also, you know, because I do coach women, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about the beauty benefits as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, it makes you look a little bit younger, you lose some of the redness, perhaps some of the bloating in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all good. <laughs> So I, win, think, win, I win. think we need to make quitting a norm, just as you know, drinking has as, as sort of become a norm. We have, yeah. to, we have yeah. to we have to glamorize the quitting aspect of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So j- th- yeah. th- th- that's how things work nowadays. You know, you, you glamorize anything. <laughs> Everybody wants to jump on it. Yeah. So I think as for for something good, why not? I mean, I think uh, so. You're doing a great job um, at doing it. So one of the things that we did want to ask you, um, I mean, why is the the element of fun, you know, associated with drinking uh, and, and also, you know, the media aspect of it. I mean, has the media glamorized? Of course, we discussed it. Um, but the question is the 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 impact that the media has. And, and, and you think, do you blame media for glamorizing the drinking culture? Or would you say it's someone's personal responsibility? I mean, it's for, it's, it's, it's for them, them to choose. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. There's, you're right. There's definitely personal responsibility in there as well Mm -hmm. but I find it fascinating to look at if you look at old movies you'll see how um, you see a lot of smoking in those old movies and TV programs and that has just quietly kind of fallen by the wayside because we've had this massive cultural shift around smoking Mm -hmm. I mean now if you want to smoke you are literally the outsider you're made to go outside whereas drinking is a huge part of of, yeah, TV shows, movies. Um, you frequently see lead characters in a in a film, um, yeah, drinking loads and not appearing to suffer at all. Like they just get up the next day and are absolutely fine. Uh, we joke about drinking all the time. I watch cookery programs sometimes at the weekend where they are getting people to drink, um, you know, wine at eleven in the morning or something like that. We have this absolutely astounding relationship with alcohol which i think mm-hmm. we forget it is a very very dangerous mm-hmm. drug that takes lives and ruins lives mm-hmm. every year every day i mean thank you so much for coming on and giving us your perspective into you know this this this, this topic that we're discussing today uh thank you one, once once again for joining us no thank you thank take, you take care bye bye Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Uh, I have a quick question for you because um, what they, what I often hear people ask is, yeah. is is a little bit okay? No. See, this is this is often like people say this, like you know, that. Um, because the thing is, look, where do you st- where do you uh, if you if you can how can for so be how can you claim that that little bit would not be increased? Because I think there's a rule in Islam, and that rule is, um, you know, and, and the Prophet Sallallahu explained this. He says, d- don't don't uh, underestimate, uh, you know, any smaller sin, and 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 also don't underestimate the 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 impact of a uh, you know smaller good deed, because they 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 compound over yeah. over, over over time, 
and 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 this is this is the this is what it is and in, in this specific verse as well it, it tells us that their harm is greater than its benefit you might be getting that you know um you know f- you know few hours of fun and all all of these things yeah. but in in you know on a greater scale you know it's uh it, it creates a havoc and 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 we know uh, you know what it does to people definitely and and you know people often argue that a small amount is okay since they're occasional drinkers right yeah. and mm-hmm. the ill effects of drinking are reduced but um yeah this is this is why the holy prophet peace be upon him blessings of Allah be upon him said if a large amount of anything causes intoxication even yes. a small amount of it is forbidden that's, that, uh, that's exactly the reason I was looking for but Jazakallah thank you yeah no, definitely and this is like I think you know people it's with anything okay mm-hmm. and I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said it compounds right mm-hmm. a good thing a small good thing don't underestimate a small good thing because it's going to lead to better things Bro, it's nowadays, the same with absolutely the nowadays you know like you've got influencers and, 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 and all of these motivators speaking about uh, the effect the impact of discipline yeah Right and how it compounds, doing small small things and doing Showing it regularly, every day, and yeah. how it how it compounds. It's, it's yeah. a universal truth. There's there's no there's no such thing as it's just only a religious teaching. Let's, let's be very honest, and uh, that there's no such monopoly here. Mm. <laughs> Anyone who practices it sees the difference. Um, but we're going to speak about this. Uh, we only have about fifteen minutes to go, but we we do want to speak to our next guest. We have on the line Mike Irvin, who's a retired police sergeant. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you for having me. can you hear us? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, we're speaking about alcohol here, and you know, we, we've heard various, as, you know, d- d- different aspects of of, of of addiction, of recovery, uh, rehabilitation, and and all of the great work that people are doing. What we want to ask you is what actually you know influences young people to to drink and 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 what are the long-term repercussions of that i think there's a number of things that influences certainly young people to drink i think you've already touched on it in with your previous guest is media plays a big part i believe in in the way that young people perceive alcohol and how it, it can be used you see um you know even our favorite soap operas are centered around the the pub and, and mm-hmm. people drinking um, some of the more um, more programs such as Love Island and Geordie Shaw for instance um, you know glamorise the, the use of alcohol and, and it gives the impression that that is what has to be done when you're that age um, and also they're influenced by by what they see they see alcohol all around them they see alcohol on, when they're on school bus on the way to school they see the adverts uh, on, on bus stops etc um, they, they see Mm-hmm. In, in sport, you look at the we've got the World Cup coming up in, mm. in Qatar, um, mm-hmm. and Budweiser is one of the, sp- the sponsors for there. I'm sure we will, will be it will be emblazoned around uh, all the advertising for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, most influential for, for young people though is parents and family um, and peers, and and I think you know they see parental drinking and their parental mm-hmm. attitudes to drinking when they're very young, mm-hmm. um, and that forms their opinion of how alcohol should be used. Um, and like you know, it's been touched on already, it's very much normalised. We use alcohol for a lot of things. We use it to celebrate, we use it to commiserate. Um, it is very much a, a normalised drug, and, and I think you know it's a key thing here is alcohol is a drug, mm-hmm. um, and it's a psychoactive drug. So it changes the way that you think uh, and the way that you act, um, and takes you out of your normal persona, if you like. Um, so those un- those influences. 
children and, and teenagers see constantly um, regurgitated in social media, etc. And, and alcohol companies are very present on social media. Yeah. You know, comes up on, comes up on your feed without you even asking for it um, on some of the platforms. So it's all that, and it's very much in your face. Um, and I think the repercussions of that is is that it gives the impression that alcohol is normalised. It's it's the odd thing odd thing not to be drinking, um, which you've already touched on as well. And actually, we flip the other way. Um, but it can also retain it, you know, certainly young people are concerned, lead to some very risky behaviour um, if they're drinking to excess. They can, you know, as well as the health issues, but it can lead to, to them causing access behaviour in their communities and that's having an impact on, on where they live, they become abusive or violent. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, you know, alcohol can be used as a, as a hook by, by county lines gangs to get young people into that um, environment uh, as, as a reward or which then can lead on to, to <coughs> other drugs um, and more, you know, I was going to say more serious drugs in my opinion, alcohol is the more serious because of the damage it causes. But it, it is very much a case of, it's in your face and, and it's very much against the norm for, you know, for, for a young person mm-hmm. to, to turn it down. However, saying that, there is, you know, we are seeing a reduction year on year of young people actually drinking alcohol and there seems to be certainly with this, this generation at the moment, the young generation, mm-hmm. it, is, it is becoming much more not the norm to, to drink. But however, the ones who are drinking are drinking too much and far too often. Mm. Right. And so with with the legal restrictions around um, underage drinking, could you tell us a bit about those? And do you think that these restrictions actually prevent teenagers from accessing alcohol? I mean, from a legal perspective, you know, in, in, in the UK, it's illegal to, to, to buy or buy alcohol under 18 or to sell alcohol to someone who's under 18 or even buy it on their behalf if it's an adult buying it um, for kids, which we call proxy purchasing. Um, it's not illegal for anyone to drink alcohol. Um, and, and obviously, there, there are little quirks in the law around if you're six, over 16, you can go into a, a licensed premises or pub with generally your parents and have a meal and with that meal you can drink a, a pint of beer, a glass of wine or a pint of cider. Um, and obviously in the home it's, it's different again. It, it is illegal to give alcohol to a child who's under five, and why would you, I suppose, is a question. Um, but over that, you know, it, it's, it's very much controlled in the home environment around how mm. parents perceive. And a lot of parents will say, well, if I give them a little sip then it's not going to lead to them thinking it's a mysterious substance. And there is some there is something to that. Um, mm-hmm. But what, you know, from my experience, and, and obviously, if, it, if a teenager says out in the in the street or in a park with, with friends and they've got alcohol, they can't have it confiscated from them. Um, mm-hmm. From a pleasing point of view, um, and in my experience, from where that's been done, um, certainly I found around eighty percent of the alcohol that they've got with them has actually come from home. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been bought in an off license. It hasn't been mm-hmm. supplied by someone who's gone into the off license and <coughs> bought for them. Mm-hmm. It's actually been brought out of the home, and, and generally that's with parental consent. Um, because I think there's, a, there's an attitude there that parents, well, if I give them a couple of cans, then I know what they're going to be drinking. Mm-hmm. Well, actually what happens is when the, when, when the young people get in those groups, it's all shared about, and someone's brought more than somebody else, and then it, it becomes mm-hmm. quite a dangerous mix. True. Um, and teenagers tend, tend to, you know, they, they know that if they call that, they might be taken off them, so they'll tend to hide themselves away they make themselves even more vulnerable mm-hmm. um, by being in places where they can't be seen, they can't be heard, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not unknown for, for something to happen for a medical sure. issue. Mm-hmm. Tanya just to starburst because they think they're going to be in trouble and leave that one person behind mm-hmm. and they become you know, even more vulnerable because of that. I mean, true. Uh, one thing I, you know, we did we did wanted to ask you was, how do we then actually, you know, start, you know, these conversations about the de- the detrimental effects of uh, alcohol, and you know, especially mm. when when you're speaking about a lot of these alcohol actually coming from home, um, you know, parents that look looking at, because I'm, you know, recently I've, I've, you know, of course we don't drink alcohol, but um, you know, a, a Coca Cola, let, let's let's say, right? I I have it now and then with the meal. So I've got a four-year-old, uh, th- three and a half-year-old daughter. She, she's just looking at it, and she she wants some of it, and mm. and you know you know, and, and that very example that you are giving is when you give them you know just a sip, and they're like, oh, that's something yep. that's something different, <laughs> right? And yeah. that curiosity then turns into you know more and more and more, and where does it actually lead to? So I think one of the aspects is is of responsibility of parents uh, towards their children. Um, you know that element is 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 huge. Um, so we want to ask you. I mean. When mm. in this you know drinking culture being glamorized on 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 you know in the media, uh, how do we actually start these conversations about you know the detrimental effects of alcohol? I think we, you know, first of all we have to talk about it. That is definitely a conversation that you know, parents need to have mm-hmm. from a fairly young age. Because I said you know they see it all around them. I remember going to a, a primary school, a year six class, mm-hmm. um, and delivering. Um, a, a substance misuse talk to mm-hmm. children in that class, and the first thing I asked them was, "Can you give me some brand, name some brands of alcohol?" Mm. And I had to stop them writing in the end because they were just coming out with all these different brands of alcohol. And in the room, there were parents, mm. and you could see the look of shock on their face. That actually, mm. they, you know, in, in speaking to parents afterwards, it was very much a case of, "Yeah, that's mm. what I've got in my cupboard at home." I didn't realise they could actually see that, and you're talking of, you know children eight, nine year old. Mm. Um, and I think those conversations have to be honest conversations with them. Um, and and it, it, it's about giving parents the information and the facts mm-hmm. for them to then impart. Because this is all about, and you, you've touched on this already as well, it's about personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And as long as people have got the facts, then they make their mind up as to what they're going to do. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, as we said, alcohol isn't illegal per se, apart from it being age restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, so the conversations have to start young. The, the parents have to be uh, informed mm-hmm. as to what the facts are and the facts that you know it, it can um, be detrimental to the development of young of young people. It, you know the brain can be, cannot develop properly if they're drinking too much in their teenage years. Yep. Um, also, getting across to parents that children mirror yeah. parental behaviour. Mm. Um, so if parents are seen to be drinking a glass of wine with every meal or sitting watching TV every night, mm. then that that's normal. To, mm. to the child. So when they get a bit older, they, they think, well, that's what I need to do. Mm. Um, and I think, and again, it's, it's got to be honest, you know, there are some positive effects. You know, going, bit, going down to the pub and meeting friends on a Friday and Saturday night and having, you know, one or two drinks is, is fine. Um, and there'll be, there's some research out there that says alcohol may have a positive effect from a health point of view at a very tiny amount. Mm-hmm. Um, well, someone can say they can, they, can, they can meet for a coffee, can't they? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yes. Mm. You know, the, you don't have to, you can buy coffee in the pub, you don't need to buy yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's very much about those, those conversations and making parents empowered into, into doing that. We, a lot of parents mm. that I've come across in the past will say, oh, that, that'll be done at school, and school will do it. Yes, schools will 
bring in specialists to, to educate and, and, and talk to the children about substance misuse and drugs mm. and alcohol, etc. But the most influential person on a child's life, and a young person's life, is the parent. Absolutely. So those messages come from parents. And, it's, and again, it's about parents understanding that mm-hmm. it's okay to say no if they want, if, if they're being asked to give the child alcohol. Mm-hmm. That isn't, you know, parents think, oh, that must be the norm to have alcohol at the 16-year-old birthday party. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's not. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to say, actually, no, that's not what I'm going to do. And when, when young people are meeting up and going to parties, etc., parents having conversations between themselves mm-hmm. and saying, actually, I don't allow my child to have alcohol. So if, if, if there is any there, please, I don't want them to, to have that drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being honest with each other from mm-hmm. a parental point of view. Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much, Mick. I mean, it was, it, it was a pleasure speaking to you. So much insight and, and of course, um, as a parent, you know the, the 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 responsibility we have towards our children is immense. So thank you so much for join, joining us and giving us your insight. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. 0208687788 uh, is the number to call. But we only have about three minutes to go. I mean, we've 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 gone expert advice, you know, uh, and and sort of completed what we what we actually were trying to achieve, uh, you know, from the show, which is awareness. Uh, and, and it's not the first time we were discussing before the program, I think yeah. I was saying to you, why are we doing these alcohol shows all the time? But the thing is, n- now I realize why. Yeah. Because 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 in the Holy Quran, Allah Almighty says that that reminder helps the believers. Yeah. That in the dhikra, I think, uh, in the dhikra, tanfa'ul mu'minin, that that dhikr, i.e. Remind, reminding peop- people actually yeah. helps them. So it's not once, twice, thrice. We have to continue with this, with with this uh, uh, reminding element, and and we all need it. Yeah, you know, definitely. And I, I just think that like it'd be good for us to quickly give some advice uh, on yeah, on yeah. breaking the habit. You know, um, having good company. You know, it's mm. it's it's one of those things that. Uh, as as mentioned, peer pressure is a big thing. Mm. Um, having good company is is a way to to really help. And and the Prophet um rightly states that the the company one keeps has a deep underlying effect on that individual's personality. So, you know, if you've how many things have you mm. done because your friends are doing True. it, right? Um, so the, the guy goes, uh, show me your three friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. I've never seen it. There's yeah. this one guy on, on, on Instagram I came across. It, very, it just is, these are universal principles, yeah. right? Like you, you find them in, in religious texts. You find them, it's, it's like, it's, as you were saying, it's, it's in, like the verse we started from, it's in our nature. It's in yeah. our innate nature. We know what's right and wrong for us. Yeah. There, there is that signal that comes. But it's up to us whether we we choose or not, you know, to to actually follow, follow it. Definitely, and 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 as some of the guests said, you know, uh, always seek help, mm. um, and you know, have a support system if possible, and and seeking help can you know sub, uh, give that. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure uh, that you want to finish off there. No, of course. I mean, we've 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 covered uh, a lot, and we've learned a lot as well. Um, I mean, these these conversations delve into many other aspects of your life. Yeah. Right, uh, it's not just to do with alcohol. I mean, especially the element of uh, the you know Mick was mentioning about you know parents' responsibility and um, you know how much children imitate and, and they they observe. I, I mean, it's it's astonishing. We think at the age of three or even at the age of one and a half, I've got, you know, I've got a son like they, they they pick up things like that. Like yeah. you, you, you you don't realize. So I think it's it's a great responsibility. And His Holiness uh, Khalifa al Masih uh, the fifth, he has someone asked him the same question. 
um, and he said, I, how, "How can I change my my son's habit or this and that? How can I, how can I you know, bring up, give them good upbringing?" Huh. He said, "Change yourself first, and yeah. it would happen automatically." Yeah, yeah. So I think this is the best message you want to uh, you know leave everyone with. Let's look with, within ourselves and see uh, you know the changes that we you know we need to make you know for the betterment of. Uh, our, our homes as well as you know the wider society it all begins at home it has to definitely um, and if you if you've had this issue like you know seek help and you know there's absolutely. no shame in it absolutely that's it from us um, we'll be back after the news with the second topic we'll be discussing lying and it's ill you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Auzubillahi min shaitan rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim and welcome back to the second hour. So we're back uh, with the second uh, very important topic um which is lying which has you know sort of become um you know a norm as well as as if, as we were speaking about you know alcohol being a norm lying as well it's it's you know it's, small lie you know what are they going to do anyway you know just, just there's, there's there's no harm in it what do you say to that so definitely with with lying i think that um you can't tell how much of an impact it's going to have until you've done it and um i think that people uh think that you know just this little white lie so, so often people say about how like you know a white lie it saves someone's feelings for example mm. right mm-hmm. but like let's say you know if someone asks you something nice like you know or do i look nice uh, with this and you don't want to hurt their feelings right but if you lie in that instance maybe they will go on to believe that they look nice whereas if you politely told them hey you know what uh it's great but like i don't know how, no, how no, you no, get no, around no, it no. but it's it's a difficult one i no, think, think cuz like i think look there 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 is to way there there's a way to go about things right so the wisdom is also very important yeah. you know a lot of the times and i think it's very very good that this this has come up and i was of the same opinion at once in my youth like i i see everything on people's faces have you heard that that like, i've got you know such a personality i don't care i would yeah, say yeah. and and that I'd say it to the face what yeah. what bravery is in that There's no such bravery in that. No. You, so whatever that comes to your mind, you just say it. You don't even filter it. That the the impact that's going to have on, you know, on people. So we're not saying lying. I mean, you can always find some goodness in, you know, in people. So when someone asks, "Do I look nice?" Yeah, yeah, you can say, "Oh, did your hair are done really nice?" Yeah, you get my point. <laughs> you, so if your wife's asking you and yeah. you don't agree with the makeup, you can probably <laughs> you just say, "Oh, your hair's done really nice." You're like, "Oh, uh, fine." If you if you haven't got something good to say, so, don't so say. So it. always <laughs> use wisdom, my brother. Always use wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> no okay. definitely and i no i just what i'm trying to say is that like i find that um mm-hmm. people think that it's just a little lie it, it, there's no harm in it but there's usually always an impact and if you you know it's is what mm. we were talking about compounding as well right like yeah. you know if you tell one <coughs> lie you usually have to tell about 100 other lies to mm-hmm. cover up that one lie absolutely and it's just never worth it and mm-hmm. just i don't know like Do you just feel better when you you're, when you're honest? Like when you just when you don't lie, you don't feel any sort of There's anxiety, no you don't feel any guilt. I told guilt, you man, right? like 
that verse that we started the program, the first program, it, it's just falhamaha fujurha wa taqwaha. We, Allah Almighty has told, it's, it's in our nature that the understanding and the knowing of good and bad is there. And when, when, we're, te- when we're telling a lie or when we're doing anything wrong, there's that, there is that guilt element there. This, it's always going to be there. And truth is liberating. Like if you if if you know if you tell the truth you, you know, and the promised Messiah is something so interesting and and he said that you know people say that um, you know by te- by by telling a lie you know um, and he actually compared it to a form of shirk because what you're actually doing is uh, you're, you're trying to protect yourself um, you know in 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 this situation right and but you don't have trust in Allah so he gave the example of himself he goes there were there were court cases. Uh, you know, false court cases against me. So there was one court case where the Prophet Muhammad was not allowed to put. I think it was a letter or you know, form of money, um, and, and but but he didn't know it. It, it was against the uh, you know the law at the time. So the lawyer goes to the Prophet Muhammad that uh, you wouldn't you know they wouldn't and of course at the, at the time opponents were finding every little thing that they can you know they can, they can have him convicted. So the lawyer of the Prophet said that the only way to be saved. From the punishment, I think it was—I uh, don't know what it was—the punishment at the time would be to basically say that I didn't do it, right? It probably someone else put mm-hmm. it in. But he said, "I can—I I can never do that. I can yeah. never lie, yeah. you know." So, so basically, uh, you know, the, the day of hearing, the, the judge he goes then, of, and then, and then the lawyer goes, "Of course, then you know, not, nothing can be done. You have to face the consequences." He said, "Fine." Um, so. The Prophet Muhammad Sallam, you know, the judge asked him what happened. He said, "Look, uh, I honestly did not know uh, that that there is a prohibition of 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 putting. Let's, I think it was money or something. So I think someone may, so someone. I think this would be a good opportunity for someone to call in and and and, and correct me mm. on that because we haven't had any calls. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so the Prophet you know, blatantly said that. Look, uh, told the truth, and and there was no punishment whatsoever, and and it 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 put in the heart of that judge that that this individual could have lied, but but he didn't." So, uh, but there are times. Look, there, there are times when you're gonna tell the truth, but you 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 would have to bear the consequences, okay, yeah. of that truth. But guess what? Two things are gonna happen. In future, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that that act, right? No. Uh, it's, it's, it's because you, you know that there's consequences of yeah. it. And this comes to the hadith of the Prophet peace be upon him. When he when a person comes to him, he says, "I've got I've do, I do so many sins. I'm you know I'm a very bad person. Yeah. What should I do?" He said, "Stop telling lies." Yeah. One thing he tells One him, thing. right? And we know no, how do this, do that. And just, do that. Just, just one thing: stop telling lies. So whenever you're about to do something, it's like, oh, I'll be asked, and and if I didn't lie, there, there, there will be consequences. So there, there's that element that's there. Mm. But there's other element that's there is that there will be times when Allah the Almighty will protect you. Yeah. No, you know, when you're not intentionally doing something wrong, there will be times when Allah the Almighty protect you. And this one says that that the act of God, right, His actions can't be wrong. In, he gives his own example. There are so many court cases made against him. You know, at the time, by the by, by some of the Christian clergy or even the Muslims, because they, you know, they were his op- you know op- opponent. Uh, but Allah, in, in every single one of those cases, he was he was saved. He was pro- you know protected by Allah yeah. Almighty. So I think I think one needs to have that conviction, and and it, you can't you can't uh, you can't achieve it or or exp- uh, th- without experience. Definitely. And do you find that when you you have confidence as well like it gives you a confidence to, to feel like you know what i am telling the truth there's nothing mm-hmm. i'm hiding yeah. i am being straight up and i've always found that you know that it's been there's been plenty of opportunities where it's very easy to lie but you know when you choose to tell the truth it always works out for the better mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, Islam, as you were saying, I think we've, we've, we've spoken much, much, much about it. Um, that falsehood opens doors to many, you know, social ills such as deception, false testimonies, and it can, you know, quickly destroy one's 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 own peace and 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 happiness of of families, and you know, cause great damage to the moral condition of society. Um, and Islam is very clear, you know, that that uh, that Allah Almighty says in the Holy Quran, shun false speech, and sh- and uh, and surely Allah guides not him who is uh, an ungrateful liar, right? So. So the implications of lying from an Islamic perspective, you know, what is it is is is, is we are discussing today, you know, through the lens of, uh, you know, societal imp- implications. Mm. Um, so to, just to demonstrate how, you know, lying can have widespread implications and, 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 and share amount of people that can be affected. Uh, we will start, you know, the, you know, the show. We've already started the show. But, um, you know, there is a story. Um, of of Sherry Papini, if I'm, this is, is a Californian, uh, f- a woman from California, mm. who basically admitted to faking her kidnapping. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about it. And and according to the recent article published in uh, Guardian, her case gained national attention when she went missing for weeks in 2016, but was found uh, staying with an ex-boyfriend. She eventually reappeared with an elaborate story of being, you know, abducted by two Hispanic women in, in an SUV car, and all of that chained by chained to a pole for three weeks, beaten, and all of that. Right um, now, as mentioned in the article, uh, pub, article published in the Guardian, the probation officers and and Papini's uh, attorney yeah. had recommended a month in custody and seven months of supervised home detention, but senior U.S. District Judge uh, William Shub. Uh, uh, I'm really bad with pronouncing names. Uh, Shab, uh, Shab yeah. right? Sorry. Um, uh, said he opted for an 18-month sentence in order to deter others. So the judge ba- basically, uh, you know, he emphasized uh, emphasized that um, that the seriousness of the offense, her fabrication, basically impacted the law enforcement officers who spent hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! In search for her, can you imagine? And and the community that believed her for four years, those who lived in fear because of her fake story and the Latino community that was, you know, falsely viewed with suspicion to the point yeah. that some Latinas, uh, you know, uh, stopped walking in a group of two and stopped driving SUVs. So can oh, you imagine wow. the impact, uh, you know, this this incident had? Um, now, along with these, you know, survey implications, um, you know, one of the major social harm that is, you know, felt by the real victims of such crimes is that now they will be taken seriously by the law enforcement. And, and, and ahead of her sentencing, uh, you know, um, she basically admitted her mistake and said, "I'm guilty, Your Honor, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of lying. I'm guilty of dishonor. What is done cannot be undone. It cannot be erased." So I think this, you know, it's it's an individual's responsibility, mm. and we know that lying, you know, damages and 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 corrupts uh, people on you know individual levels to you know point to to the point where it molds uh, and, and and depicts a gruesome picture of a society. Yeah, and so. When I've like caught people in a lie or something, like usually their motivation has been around like I was scared to tell the truth because of the impact, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know what I've come to learn and and understand myself as an individual. I feel like mm-hmm. lying um, only just you think that you're avoiding some sort of punishment or mm-hmm. some sort of um, bad thing. Mm-hmm. But the impact of the lie itself on you and who you become as a person is That's far greater yeah, yeah. than anything that you are avoiding. Mm-hmm. So 
anybody who may be listening here who is a compulsive liar or just consistently lies mm-hmm. honestly like it's, it's I think something that really absolutely I think you. one of the most important things is I think recently His Holiness and I, and I was speaking to one of uh, my missionary friends right we were saying that His Holiness in uh, I think in, in, in his address to the to the um, to the youth of the community this this was in the Ishtama that mm-hmm. the, the annual gathering that we have we had he spoke at Jalsa uh, he spoke at this annual gathering. He also spoke at the at the address that he delivered to the Elders Association on Sarula, yeah. right? In these three addresses, one thing common that was mentioned was lying mm. and being deceitful. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you're speaking about taxes and and you know submitting wrong, uh, you know you're earning something and and so to that extent, you know, His Holiness and and, and you know want to establish because. The point is, and we have to be very honest, hmm. that that what is our claim as 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 a community, yeah. right? As 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 someone who have accepted, we say the reformer of the age, right? And 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 if if it's just a mere claim, then it it, it serves no purpose. And this this is what His Holiness was saying. So it it, it was astonishing that that be, and and it's amazing how his sermons are according to the time and according to the need. Because there are times we take certain things as you know uh, insignificant. Oh, telling a lie is not nothing. You know, uh, falsely you know submitting your taxes or say, saying certain things. You know, not not uh, not submitting what is true. Definitely. But, but but this this puts into perspective. And and and, and his holiness basically in, in November two thousand eighteen, one of his Friday sermons said, "This is not the hallmark of a believer. One should not come under the impression that small inaccurate statements are not lies." They, they most certainly are lies and take one far away from Tawheed, unity of God. And that's yeah. very interesting because what you're, by telling a lie, you're saying that lie can save me. Yeah. So that, that has now become your God. Exactly. So, so, so I mean, it's, it's astonishing. I mean, as, as you, you, you were mentioning earlier as well, the impact that, that lying has um, yeah. you know, on, on, on people's lives. And I, I just think, like, Try try your best to be just honest about things because the thing is, is that just the little things they can just get worse and worse yeah. and just so easily snowball. And you know, I yeah. mentioned it earlier about like having to send say another hundred lies just to cover your one original lie. Like for mm. example, you call in and you say I'm sick, I'm not feeling <coughs> well, and you're not actually sick. And then mm. you go into work the next day and people are like, Oh, how are you feeling? Oh, I know I was feeling this, I was feeling yeah. that. Like, all this starts to like really build mm. up inside you. No, exactly, and you got and that guilt that uh, exactly, know. and you know they they say when you start to do these things, they become normalized mm-hmm. and they become easier to do, and it gets harder to stop. Mm. Yeah, so it's exactly, and how 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 beautifully it links with the earlier topic that we were discussing. Exactly, having a small amount of alcohol. Exactly, I think it's it's to do with every deed, everything that we do. It compounds, or yeah. you know, compounds over time. What you do. Whatever small thing you do regularly, whether it's good or bad, it will compound and it will become a very good thing yeah. or it will become a very bad thing. So Absolutely. whether it's lying or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So there's another verse that we do want to, uh, you know, uh, mention uh, with regards to, and that that's, you know, you know, you know, you know I was saying earlier um, that shirk and lying has been mentioned in the Holy Quran mm-hmm. right next to each other. And, and Allah Almighty basically says, in, in that same verse actually, I, I, I should say in chapter 22, verse 31, shun Therefore, the abomination of idols, and shun all wo- all words of untruth, right? So ex- that's what we were saying that when you lie or or and uh, basically you 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 made that lie into your idol, right? That 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 that, that that's going to save you, hmm. right? Um, 
and I think I think this is at the end of the day, it's it's basically what what is one's goal. Likul uh, yeah. Quran says everybody has a goal. Fahuwa yeah. he you know he turns towards it, and and you know you, everybody has a goal. Now, if your goal in this life, like for example, you know in, in, in some of these resumes that that you have your CVs, how, yeah. how normal it is to just just <laughs> exaggerate, yeah. right? Something that's that's not there. But we have examples from. From 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 you know those who were with the prophet, the companions, and these people, they were they were, and I'll tell tell you something. One one thing very interesting, just just because the, you know this topic comes to my mind, there is a whole science how hadith is brought about, right? The mm. hadith, the, the the hadith how it reached us, right? There is yeah. it's called asma rajal, meaning that that they they looked at uh, uh, what the you know, the chain of narration, right? They 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 would they would actually uh, you know scrutinize the text as well whether it makes sense or not and they would also look look at the individual whether he was a he was a liar or or who he was now there's one incident of as Imam Bukhari he went to collect a hadith and he and this is someone who who's you know thousands of hadith have come through the, the most hadith have come come through that person um, now he went to collect this hadith from some individual and he saw this individual calling a horse. Um, uh, to, towards a mill, basically he, wa- he, uh, he wants the horse to c- c- come to him, but uh, the uh, I mean the the thing that he's holding in his hand has not nothing in it. Yeah. Just based on that observation, Imam Bukhari didn't take hadith from him. Can you imagine? Just based on this observation that he saw this individual is is he's de- being deceitful towards his horse, he didn't yeah. take hadith from him. So this is the level of of and and we find Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazur His Holiness mentioned in one of the sermons. Abu Bakr Siddiq the first mm. the closest companion of the Holy Prophet peace upon him he compiled a version of hadith sayings of the Prophet and just based on this he, he heard some, from something from the Holy Prophet where he said that if someone attributes a lie towards me then, then give him glad tiding of, of hell basically he was just by hearing this he basically he got rid, rid of those hadith meaning he, he, he burnt them he wow. discarded them right so this tells you that the amount of taqwa righteousness that these people the fear of god that these people had yeah. you know that that he just saw this individual observed that yeah. what he was you know uh, doing to his horse and didn't accept uh, you know hadith from from that individual but we have a lot to discuss um, and 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 uh, with that we would like to go to our first uh, esteemed guest on the line we have uh, imam nasim ahmed bajwa sahib who is uh, the missionary of the ahmadiyya muslim community uh, currently appointed at the, one of the uh, largest mosques in Western Europe, which is Bet Betul Fatu. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May peace be upon you. Jazakallah. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and giving us your time. Um, yeah. We we are discussing falsehood, lying, which is you know it, it's sort of become a norm, and people think you know small lie does not doesn't do any harm. Um, why is falsehood considered to be, you know, the same as, you know, we, we mentioned this verse before from chapter twenty-two, thirty-one, um, as associating partners with Allah, i.e., shirk? Right. The as far as this uh, verse of the Holy Quran is concerned, which I just referred, mm-hmm. I think that is very important uh, verse to know us uh, what is the position of uh, uh, sin of. Falsehood. Mm-hmm. Now, the full verse of the Holy Quran is Faitan Ibu Hisha. But in fact, it's not full, but the related part is Faitan Ibu Hisha min al Aushan, Faitan Ibu Kaula Zur, chapter 22, verse 31, which means <coughs> shun therefore the abomination of idols and shun 
all words of untruth. So here, Allah the Almighty has uh, put together mm-hmm. the idol worshipping mm-hmm. and and uh, telling lies. Mm-hmm. So you know, the reason why it is like that because the person who tells lies, in fact, he is not believing in Allah at that time. He is mm-hmm. believing in uh, the falsehood because mm-hmm. he thinks that uh, falsehood can help him uh, or it can benefit him or it, it can uh, be helpful for him in some way and Allah cannot help him because he knows that Allah has forbidden to tell lies and still if he is telling lies that means he is ignoring God Almighty he is leaving God Almighty mm-hmm. unless and unless he leaves God he cannot uh, tell lies because he knows very well that this is not acceptable at all so uh, this is why it is said that if somebody will tell lies, it will be considered as if he is committing shirk. So this is why uh, in Islam, at least, we can say with the full certainty that a Muslim should never tell lies. And this is why all the time we instruct our uh, children, uh, our elders, men, women, everyone, that this is a very big sin and we should always abstain from it. And uh, Imam, sir, could you uh, describe to us what the difference between a lie and a white lie is? Is it okay to yes. tell white lies? Hmm. Now here you see, first of all, I should uh, make it clear that uh, in English, white I means something. Uh, white lie means something else. But when it's a word, safad jhoot, which is the translation of white lie, is used in Urdu language, it has totally different meaning. Because in Urdu language, when we uh, use this word, it means that which is clear falsehood, that there is no doubt about it that that is a falsehood. Imam also, uh, Imam also is used in Punjabi as well, right? Uh, ah, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> in Punjabi and also in Urdu. Yes, yes. But in uh, English, it has different meaning. Mm. In, in English, they, when they say white lie, they mean uh, harmless mm. uh, lie. Uh, mm-hmm. where nobody is uh, in fact uh, going to be harmed mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter you know if you are just uh, joking or something like that so you can tell lies mm-hmm. but in fact Islam has not made any difference between these two lies mm-hmm. and in fact uh, no religion has made uh, any difference mm-hmm. Islam very clearly says that always be with the truthful mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. verse of the Quran chapter 9 verse 120 yes which says that always be with the truthful people and never with, uh, with those people who are liars. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then in uh, chapter 25 or 73, uh, Allah Almighty has uh, mentioned the qualities of the Ibadur Rahman, that is, the servants of the greatest God. Mm-hmm. And one of the qualities of those people is La Yashadun Azhu, mm-hmm. which means that they uh, never bear false witness. Mm-hmm. or they never tell lies. <coughs> so, in Islam it is not acceptable, and in fact, uh, the Holy Prophet also uh, said many things on this. For example, mm-hmm. once he said, and this is reported in the book of Bukhari and Muslim, which are very, you know, uh, authentic books, uh, and it says, inna sidka yahdi lal birra, wa inna birra yahdi lal jannah. Mm-hmm. That truth uh, leads to virtue, and virtue leads to paradise. So mm-hmm. in other words, the truth will lead you to paradise. And at the same time, it is said that in the Fajibah, 
الجهدي الى الفجور وان الفجور جهدي الى النار ذات فالسود ويل ليد يو تو وايس اند ايفل اند وايس ويل ليد يو تو هيل تو ذا فاير سو from this we can understand that if we want to go to paradise you we must be truthful and mm-hmm. if we want to if we will uh, not care for it and uh, turn lies here and there then uh, i mean we'll be answerable before allah the almighty allah knows what what it will what will be done to such people absolutely well, there is another hadith uh, that let us allow me out uh you see once the holy prophet was uh, uh, sitting somewhere and he was leaning and uh, some some sahaba was around him and the holy prophet said to them shall i tell you what are the big sins and uh, the sahaba said yes please do it allah mm. and uh, he said that uh, first of all al ishraqu billah that mm. is to associate any partner with allah that's the biggest sin and secondly he said uqukul walidain mm. that is uh, um, the disobedience to parents mm-hmm. disobedience to parents mm-hmm. and then You see, the Holy Prophet sat up, you know, while before he was leaning, now he sat up, and he said that, now the third thing is, Allah wa kawla zuk. Listen very carefully, that the third thing is, to tell lies. And it is uh, written there in this uh, Bukhari, that uh, when Holy Prophet said it, he continued repeating it, Allah wa kawla zuk, Allah wa kawla, listen very carefully, that, Uh, that uh, you should you must not uh, tell lies mm-hmm. and this is the biggest sin so uh, this is uh, the position of islam how yes. as far as we amri muslims are concerned as muslim islam has said in his book kashti uh, and art of no he says that chosha chhoot of rape ko nahi chhodta wo meri jamaat mein se nahi a person who does not abstain from uh, lie falsehood and uh, deception mm-hmm. he is not of my community so this is you can understand that uh, in ahmadiyya jamaat particularly there is no condition for lies and uh, mm-hmm. in fact in the 10 conditions of that which are, are uh, which were written by the founders of this we upon him that anybody who want to join the ahmadiyya community should mm-hmm. follow those 10 condition yes. one of the condition is that the person who is joining he will abstain from falsehood Absolutely. Okay, Mom. So there's one question that 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 I wanted to ask because we know we know certain Muslims do say that you can lie to save your life, and 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 they say that you know, um, oh, you know, if you're in certain situation, it's it's not uh, what do, what do you call it? It's not encouraged, but then it it it, it sort of becomes allowed, and you know, and but well, but we we find a verse in the Holy Quran which is in Surah Nahl, hundred and six, uh, where Allah Almighty mm-hmm. says. uh you know um illa man ukriha wa qalbuhu mutma'innun bil iman right that that save him who is forced thereto mm. while his heart finds peace in faith so yes. maybe if you can explain this for the benefit for our of, of our listeners especially yes. the community is going through persecution in pakistan mm. and, you know around the world yes. what would yes. be the understanding of this uh, the correct correct understanding of this yes. verse yes 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 muslim author as islam has explained it in his books mm-hmm. uh so he said that uh, in fact there are different degrees mm-hmm. of uh, faith of people yes there are some people who are of very high order mm-hmm. you know and there are some who are very of the order and weak muslim mm. so this is for the weak people mm. that if you see that you are more you know concerned about your life 
mm-hmm. and you want to save your life mm-hmm. and there, there's no other way for you and uh, okay if you do that and then later on you do the istighfar mm-hmm. that was like i was uh, held up in such situation that i could not you know mm-hmm. keep up but uh, please now forgive me then allah can forgive him mm-hmm. but you know here there it is not said that oh, it is okay mm-hmm. there's no harm there you know it's not a sin but then it is said that still you see but even if you are forced mm-hmm. afterward you must uh, do istighfar and ask forgiveness from allah the almighty mm-hmm. that allah the father should forgive but again as mr sam says that this is for those people who are uh, uh, who are very weak faith yes. otherwise those people who are very righteous people mm-hmm. they will never do this they will never do it. absolutely um so we have an example you know just 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 for the benefit for our listeners i i i want to mention what what we mean by you know people of of this great faith you know we 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 know the month of muharram yes, uh, i can Islam. give you the example Please. i can give you the example uh, i mean in, in for example in the amriya muslim community yes first of all muslim was himself mm-hmm. once he was uh, caught in, in such situation mm-hmm. in fact he put one letter in yes. one packet mm-hmm. and uh, it was posted and according to the uh, law uh, it was not allowed but as muslim was did not know about it mm-hmm. now the And the case was going against him um, by a christian who was opposed to him and uh, now the situation was this that uh, the lawyer said that if you accept it that yes you put it that uh, letter in the envelope mm-hmm. then you will definitely have the punishment and at least you know six months imprisonment mm-hmm. and maybe you will be fined as well mm-hmm. uh, now Uh, but if you just straight straight away say that i don't know i, I have not put it 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 then you see she will be uh, free on on this as muslim other stamp said that it is impossible that i, I tell lies whatever happened whatever mm. punishment i am given mm. but uh, what i did that was due to my uh, ignorance i didn't do it uh, you know knowingly mm. so what happened that when he appeared before the magistrate uh he explained on this and the magistrate asked him you know why did you do this and he explained it mm. and by the grace of allah allah taala put sympathy in the heart of uh, the magistrate uh magistrate and uh, he felt that this is an honest person he is mm. a truthful person mm-hmm. and you know from his whole you know appearance he understood that he is a righteous person so he said okay i accept it and as the same song was released and uh, even no punishment was given to him absolutely uh, so this was his own example and then you see from among his followers the side of abdulati sahi shahid sahib mm-hmm. who was first uh, one um, first of the two martyrs uh, who were martyred in the lifetime of the founder sahib we have him in afghanistan so he was also asked uh, when he was going to be stoned to death <laughs> all the people were around him who were going to stone him mm-hmm. and he was the king uh, asked him that even if at this time you just keep quiet and i will you know deal with it everything and uh, you don't say that i still believe in mr gulam munkari and islam but he said no not at all mm. he said i have the same faith which i have already told you that i believe that was imodra sadr islam that is true um promise by sayyid muhammadi and uh, he is a prophet under the law of the holy quran and as the holy prophet allah sallam prophesied so now whatever you want you can do it and then he was stoned to death but he didn't bother about his life mm. 
very very move, moving uh, you know stories that we hear in the in, in the history and i think it's the, the important important thing is they are not just for us to you know enjoy these stories and just you know as his holiness often says this they're not just to uh, you know a mention of history but rather they are, they are to encourage you you know to act upon uh you mm. know the you know the path of uh, your elders and and those who have gone before you but we mm. do want to ask you uh, you know another question which is related to you know lying and deception whether it is something that that all religions prohibit or is it just islam that you know says that lying and deception is bad uh, no this is really prohibited in all religion mm-hmm. i'll give you such an example for example in the uh, bible in deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 20 it is said and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor mm. and you can understand that all people are our neighbors mm. so it means that uh, we should never lie to anyone and this is one of the 10 commandments by the way which are uh, accepted by both christian and muslims mm-hmm. as are uh, christian and jews because this is deuteronomy mm-hmm. is in the, is the old testament and old testament uh, uh, old, old testament is believed by both christian and jews so for both religion this is a very clear uh, reference and then mm-hmm. in the book of proverbs that's also from the old testament mm-hmm. chapter 13 verse 5 it says the righteous hates also mm. but the wicked bring shame and disgrace mm. so to tell lies it uh, will bring shame and disgrace for you then uh, in the book of leviticus that's also in the old testament and so for both you know jews and christians it says you shall not steal you shall not deal falsely mm-hmm. you shall not lie to one another mm. then uh, also in the book of proverbs it is said that a false witness will not go unpunished a mm. false witness will not go unpunished and he who breathes out lies uh, will perish and one and he who breathes out lies will perish and there another place in the book of proverbs says that he, he will not escape mm. so and then in the book of john very interestingly another reference a very interesting reference is it, it gives you another you know aspect of telling lies and uh, that john chapter 2 verse 4 it says that whoever says i know him that mm. means that i says i believe in god but does not keep his commandments mm. is a liar Very and that truth and and that truth is not in him mm. that a person who only says i believe in god but he doesn't uh, follow the commandments of god almighty he is also a liar mm. and he has no truthful in him, in him. Mm. so from this point of view i think everybody should uh, Uh, and in fact this is exactly what the quran says also says mm-hmm. absolutely i mean it, it was a pleasure speaking to you mom said thank you so much for <laughs> for, for, for ans- answering our questions thank you so much 0208687787 the topic at hand is lying and it's uh, you know social ills uh and it's 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 impact on 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 society and on the individual uh him himself i mean we've we've discussed a lot um you know in terms of what islamic and of course in 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 other religions as well mm. you know the clear prohibition of of lying and how much emphasis um, emphasis is there and i think one of the reasons why we have some sort of system in in in, in the western world where uh, you know um it's is due to religious principles that mm. were established even now you know people to an extent you know understand they they they, they want to give true uh, test testimonies 
and then you know people have this honor of you know of not not telling the truth not stealing all of these things force under this element of lying and being deceitful right definitely um so i think that th- i think one of the one of the one of the reasons for the for the success of the western world in in their material pursuits one of them i'm not saying mm. i'm not saying all of it is is i think it's due is due to their on honesty right which 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 is oftentimes not not seen in uh, you know the amount of corruption that we see in yeah. some of the third world countries where you know the leaders themselves are not you know they're not thinking for their people definitely i think i think also like lying kind of links to justice as well right mm. you can't have justice yeah. with lies yeah um, simply put and you know there's there's quite a few things with uh lying that are impacting society on mm-hmm. different levels mm-hmm. um you know for example let's say taxation frauds yeah right you know the love of wealth like leads mm. the people to to lie in these cases you know and they they don't fill out their tax returns honestly some hide the actual salary and, and claim benefits mm. you know and um you you may think oh okay that's fine like uh, i'm benefiting from that but what impact is that having on society and mm. you know a simple impact is you know those who truly need those benefits are getting less of it mm. they they they're losing out and you're, you're, you know? you're right but you mentioned something very interesting and you said the line sort of leads into justice and 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 of course we're not we're not we're not sort of um saying that this is allowed but to be very honest there's no honesty from the from the leaders too that they they are they don't tax the rich right mm. they don't tax they give them you know uh uh you know these um where you know as as compared to the poor as as compared to the mid- middle class you know what's happening now recently as well uh, you know we we've, we've seen it yeah. the amount of criticism that the gov- government has 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 had to go go through yeah due to tax cuts right um now this sh- and, and and that and, and in that way we know the richer gets richer and the poorer gets poorer so so you know we have to look at it you know we can't look in isolation when we look when we're talk, talking about these things yeah. there there is a wider wider picture and 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 a lot of the times may people may be forced this what this is one l- element and we have to discuss it people may be forced to lie yeah you know that's not to say they should that's let's be very clear we're yeah. not saying they should lie what we're saying is that there are times where people are forced to do where because they feel forced to lie. Yeah, yeah, because they don't they can't survive otherwise. Right? So yeah. so I think this is this is also an element that 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 we need to we need we need to discuss uh, that we need the truth in all in all aspects of our life in all elements and in you know um in all spheres of our lives. But with, yeah, but with that I mean uh we would like to go to our next guest we have Dale Atkins. Um, who uh, is uh, she is a licensed psychologist with more than 40 years of experience as a relationship expert focusing on kindness managing stress and balance in one's life assalamu alaikum may peace and blessings of god be upon you and welcome to the drive time show thank you so much it is a pleasure to be with you and i'm looking forward to our conversation of a very important conversation thank you thank you so much it's a pleasure to have you on um i mean in the context of 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 human behavior uh, what is psychological reason for actually lying you know i hear there's so many reasons sometimes people are innocently trying to avoid hurting someone's feelings that they care about sometimes they are trying to protect someone else from a from a threat um people lie because of feelings of guilt or feelings of shame 
they want to avoid conflict. They don't want to experience negative emotions or negative interaction that might come up if they actually told the truth. Sometimes people act out of just impulse. Um, for many people, they, they, make, they make up stories and they lie because it feel, they feel that it makes them look better or that their reputation will be enhanced. Um, sometimes people lie because they don't want to be punished or they don't mm. want to be confronted. Mm. And, um, you know, there are so many reasons and many people just lie in their everyday life and, you know, they're not aware of the effects and sometimes the effects can be positive, but if you're living with someone who's lying and you are concerned, trust within that relationship, whether mm. it's a familial relationship or a friendship or a work relationship, is slowly undermined. Mm. Definitely. And so what are possible factors that, that motivate people to you know, keep progressing further in those lives? It's such a great question. Uh, sometimes people feel that if they keep lying, um, they're getting closer to their goal, that they're motivated because things are working out in the way that they want them to work out, and they start to believe their lies. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they... Pardon me one second. I'm sorry. That's, that's not a problem. Take your time. Thank you. They start to believe their lies, and sometimes people then get confused because they don't know where the truth is. And often people who lie repeatedly have a desire to be in control. And if a truth comes out that they don't agree with, then they feel that they've lost control. And I think what's important to understand is that once we begin to lie, often there is no way out because the lie just grows or people then expect us to be lying and then they can't really uh, trust us. Mm -hmm. And lying can be very uh, destructive to a person, both the liar and to the person who's being lied to because it can deplete our energy and it negatively affects our sense of who we are. And also, what I think a lot of people don't know, which is an important element, in my view, to your question, is when we are being dishonest, our brain actually goes into a state of heightened alert. It increases our stress with the magnitude of the lie. And people can have symptoms of anxiety because their brain is so activated and it's something that many people don't know. It's like, you know, I like to say an honest brain is a relaxed brain, and a dishonest brain is often frenetic mm. because we're constantly trying to live within that lie. Um, right. So I think that, you know, lying... So the motivation to stay in, in that lie and believing that lie. Yes, people can be highly motivated, again, if they are... If, if the outcome is what they want. Mm -hmm. So if they've changed someone's perception of them because the perception that they think of themselves isn't good enough or isn't um, noble enough, then they want people to keep believing, so they keep lying. And what's interesting is for many people, it makes it more difficult the more they're lying. And 
again, it undermines trust in relationships. Mm, absolutely. And so how, how can lying negatively affect a person in their everyday dealings with society? It's a great question. I, again, I really appreciate your questions. It can, it can get in the way of their dealings with people they love. Because, again, it can, it can actually destroy a relationship because all of the relationships that mean something to us are built on mutual trust, whether it's a romantic relationship or work relationship. And lying underwrites, undermines and erodes that trust, and it hurts everybody involved, whether it's keeping secrets or telling a small lie. It can destroy one of the fundamental pillars of a healthy relationship, and that really is trust. And it's damaging because it has consequences. When someone has lied to you, there's usually an area of your heart that closes or your mind that becomes suspicious. And whether that person doesn't lie ever again, you probably would be a little suspicious or you wonder mm. whether they're telling you the truth. Mm. And when it's in a work relationship, if a manager um, finds mm. that someone is lying, very often difficult for them to give them another chance, mm. to give that person another <clears> chance. <throat> now, we haven't talked about pathological lying because, or people who are, who are significantly um, having stresses within their mental health, mm. people who have what we would call narcissistic personality disorder or antisocial personality disorder. Mm. And because then they're lying to be manipulative or outright deceitful. And, and those are other kinds of situations. But in most people's lives, they're not really interacting with people who are pathological liars. And if they are, then they really have to take steps to protect themselves and to be much more careful about what the people are saying to them and the, and the situations they get into with people who are lying in that way. Right. And um, so, w is this something that people can seek psychological help for? Yes, people can seek psychological help for it. Although in my experience, people generally are not going into therapy because they're lying. They generally go into therapy because of another reason. And then within a short period of time, you can try and discover that, wait a minute, are you telling me the truth or are you telling a lie? And mm -hmm. it can be even a, a simple lie, like, oh, I'm so sorry I was late, but the subway was delayed. Well, the subway wasn't delayed. Mm -hmm. I actually left work late, and that's why I'm late. So mm -hmm. to be able to, mm -hmm. to tell the truth in everyday situations where you take responsibility, mm -hmm. then you can try to help someone uncover why is it difficult for you to take responsibility? Why are you not enough? Why must you enhance who you are in order to make yourself appealing mm -hmm. in a situation? So I think that the act of uncovering one's lies, again, is not necessarily why when somebody goes into therapy, but within short order, it's clear that lying is a way that this person uh, relies on to get through their life. Thank you. I mean, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. So much to learn, and um, it, w it won't be the last time, I assure you. So thank you so much for joining <laughs> us and, 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 and giving us your expert advice. Thank you. Take care.
thank you so much. May you be well. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Uh, we only have about ten minutes to go, and we do have with us in studio someone you you guys know. I mean, he's not a stranger to the program. We have Safir <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Safir, what motivated you to come? Assalamu alaikum. Uh, so you've come. Up, funny. Yeah. I saw you from the window actually, um, and I was like, you know, you were calling me, and I was like, I had to go into to the Voice of Islam office and. And and you you you, you signal to me, didn't yeah, you? Come and join. Yeah. And I was like, should I join? Should I not join? They're doing <laughs> such a great program. You know, why why yeah. would I go in and spoil it? But no, yeah, no, that's, um, that's I think uh, I think uh, I had to come in because uh, in all honesty, honesty. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in all honesty, yeah, it's 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 a pleasure to have you here. Thank so you. I mean, we we you know we're going through a time of you know fake news. You know, mm. the world. You know, we know. What the world is going through, right? We we, we have a Western media telling telling us one story, but there is in in it you know mentions of other you know the 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 other side as well. Um, people find it so difficult what to believe, what not to believe. Yeah. What what would you say, Safir? I think it's just the society that we live in um, mm. that lying is uh, not seen as something bad, isn't it? I mean, mm. in in workplaces and. Uh, in other places as well yeah. in society it's seen like a it's seen as if it's a good quality if somebody's yeah. able to deceive somebody mm, exactly. it's it's almost uh, regarded as uh, you know this guy is very clever or mm, he's yeah. very uh, smart mm. whereas uh, for us obviously as you have already explained yeah. uh, in the program before that you know Islam teaches us that the best way for a society to progress is through mm-hmm. honesty mm-hmm. and that's something that our last guest also of was course. saying isn't it that every every day if you try to speak the truth in everything like mm. don't make any excuses because of your shortcomings then you'll be able to realize yourself what your shortcomings are mm. and I think there'll be more trust I mean, there'll, be well. a, there'll be a reason to improve yourself mm. too right I mean yeah. if, if you're just because I think lying is an escape, mm. right? And 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 telling the truth is a sense of yeah. responsibility. So, so the sense of responsibility and the prophet telling the guy, the that individual yeah. is always asking, uh, "There's only one thing I can do. Mm. I, I do so many years. I don't lie." Mm. It it puts into perspective that how much impact, uh, you know, this 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 uh, you know this ill has. And and with every uh, falsehood, every lie, mm-hmm. the first person you're lying to is yourself, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like um, I think the guest mentioned it as well, where um, you start to believe your lies, mm. and I think that's really dangerous. Like um, I don't know if you saw about the uh, there was that woman who kind of like uh, she she told a whole load of people that she was a heiress to a German billionaire or something. There's a Netflix show about it as well, and basically. Um, yeah, she she looked like she actually believed her lies. Like she told so many mm. different lies that mm. she actually started to believe it. And you, you, like you can see that there's clearly psychological effects yeah. that are having from consistently lying. Yeah. And you know, when when you say things like, yeah. "Oh, I, I was late because the the train was late," right? Mm. Like, what 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 benefit do you get out of that? Like, yeah. just say, just be like, you were late. You 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 are yeah. like, you know, it happened for a reason. And I think yeah. that you constantly are telling yourself that, oh, you know, there's something bad about mm. me. Like like that previous guest said. And in like an employer professional uh, mm. environment, Rahil, I mean, if if somebody is saying every second, third week, or every month that you know my train <laughs> was late, you know, that's why I'm late. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, those people in charge will. 
find out they'll find mm. out you know this person is not serious yeah. or mm. we cannot trust that person yeah. mm. so you might not get a promotion you might not get a yeah. better position in your job because because everybody knows you're lying mm. definitely i think trust is such a important thing and you know lying just undoes it with one simple lie yeah. when mm. you get caught out it's like uh, the previous guest was saying that you'll never truly trust that person once you've caught someone out in a lie you'll never really yeah. feel that always you know how you feel like you know give people mm. the benefit of the doubt you know there'll be always a perception always that little that person, yeah. thing in the back of your head mm. saying you know what this this person lied that time they could mm. be lying this time yeah. i mean there's i mean one of the signs uh, one of the sign of a of a of a hip, hypocrite i mean mentioned by the holy prophet peace be upon him was that when he speaks he lies mm. and and then he says he says there 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 are three characteristics of a hypocrite when he speaks he lies when he makes a promise he acts treacherously and and when he's trusted, he betrays. And, and when, when you look look at it, they're basically all forms of lies, right? And um, and His Holiness, and we were speaking about what to believe and what not 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 to be in, in terms of what we're going through. We know that His Holiness, you know, speaking, you know, about this was in 2016. The situation of the world. He said, according to official reports, last year 2016, the U.S. exported weapons worth 46.6 billion dollars. Which was increase of more than twelve billion dollars from the previous year. It was further reported that the majority of those weapons were sold to countries in the Middle East, and in turn, they were fueling the wars in Syria, Iraq, and Yemen. Mm. So, and 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 this is always a question that he asks: Who is profiting from from these, and where these where these weapons are are, are being obtained from? I mean, these uh, according to you know the Quranic uh, teachings and also the explanation by the Promised Messiah. The founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, Rahil, you know, mm-hmm. these superpowers yep. have been called the, the biggest of liars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? The Jal, Simply which, the Jal, which yes. means uh, deceiver. The greatest deceivers. The greatest deceivers. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it is really unfortunate because, uh, you know, the whole world is suffering because of the, you know, the actions of such people. And I think is, I saw something very interesting. Um, obviously, don't really you know I agree with all the aspects of such things but mm-hmm. it just keeps your mind you know uh, what do you call it 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 gives you some thoughts that okay yeah. you know this there's a good point so there was a picture uh, somebody had posted where there were bombs right illustrations of bombs yeah um and 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 on the top it it it, it said uh, russian bomb and then it said yeah, I saw uh, that as well, yeah. uh I, I think it was American bomb, American bomb yeah. and then good bomb and bad bomb and then you know what bomb mm. as well for, mm. for, for for one country which completely denies uh, that it is you know oppressing people so yeah. so I mean that shows you how much lies are being portrayed uh, for the media and uh, in the media and um, and that's why I think that the whole emphasis of this peace symposium and, and, and the addresses that His Holiness gives you know external venues is that he he tells them that you speak about peace and you know it, it, and, and 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 you're speaking about it and you know you 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 very very much want to make the change mm. you say so, but it can't happen without justice mm. and and we don't see justice in the mm. world. In the at, other hand, you are doing multi billion deals for arms, yeah. trading yeah. it to countries that have, you know, questionable record of uh, human rights. Absolutely. Okay. So I mean, uh, we've done quite a bit on on you know in in this program with with, with regards to lying and the you know uh, the the perspective of Islam you know as well as various other guests and how it, it's so astonishing how it it sort of uh, 
you know, it's it's sort of links with psychology, psychological yeah. aspect as well. You know, we were speaking about it that you're never really at peace. You know, there's always there's always will be yeah. guilt. You know, you're you're never mm. really at peace with with yourself, right? So so I think I think it, the 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 time is to start now. I think one of the things that I I want to mention with regards to Islam is it's it's so beautiful is that the day you decide to repent yeah. is the day that that all of your previous sins have been for you know forgiven. Yeah. But the 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 first uh, the step is nadama, feeling sorry for it, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people continue to lie, as you were saying earlier, that they have to create more lies about it. Yeah. But imagine there's a time when you say yes, I take responsibility. I did this. Whatever the punishment I was take, end of end yeah. of. That's the point that reformation begins. Mm-hmm. Reformation cannot begin when you're giving excuses upon excuses upon you know excuses. I think this is some something as you know us as in- individuals. You know, always need to you know uh, ponder over and 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 you know think think about it. Yeah, um, it gives you a lot of uh, mental peace as well uh, because you know that everything that you are saying and doing is is sticking through the truth. And the promised Messiah, the mm-hmm. founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, has uh, mentioned in many of his books that you know throughout his life there were so many trials and false things that were attributed yes, to yes, him. Really. And he said that I have always spoken the truth, mm. and never have I suffered mm. because of speaking the truth. So he was in so many trials. He always spoke the tr- the truth, and he didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. mm. So he shows you can do it, but then obviously you you have to, you know, Absolutely. try to get to that moral standard. Absolutely. So I mean, we've c- we've come to the end of the program. Um, you know, great discussion. Learned so much. I mean, Allah Almighty has you know presented gl- golden principles uh, that that believers always you know should keep in their mind. That all ye who believe, why do you say what you do not do? And most hateful. Is it in the sight of Allah that you say what you do not do, and and this is also the element of of of, of truth, being truthful. You know, you you make a pledge to God and 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 serving mankind, so you have to fulfill that. And the Prophet Sallallahu peace be upon him actually actually mentioned that when when the Muslim were not acting according to the uh, you know according to Islam, according to the uh, guidelines of the uh, of uh, that were given to them, this was the time when the enemies took over them. So the fear of Allah lies in whether our deeds and actions you know coincide. And if they did not, then the wrath of Allah, you know, would become man manifest, and, and 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 you know, we know what happened to you know in in the in the history of Islam. And uh, we want to thank the producers. Of course, uh, yes, we've 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 come to the end of the program, and uh, you. Uh, yeah, please we want to thank our producers and the technical team. Uh, our producer Sayyidah Tahida Hassan. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a really interesting show, and um, I think that it's a great topic that we've all learned from. And absolutely, make sure you don't lie. <laughs> Speak the <laughs> truth. Yeah. Yeah. Speak the truth. So with that, uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.